The Love Good Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. As they stand on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else, our patrons raise media to a higher standard and help young people and artists turn that standard into a way of life. Join the movement today that will give you hope for tomorrow. Become a patron now at lovegoodculture.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Love Good Podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. You're listening to Episode 11, Season 1. It has been an absolute joy as we plow through the winter here, some of you more than others. I don't really actually get to experience much snow, but in a few weeks I'll be all over Massachusetts and Ohio and Indiana, even Washington, D.C. I'm a little nervous about the plowing I'm going to have to be putting up with. But for those of you who are out there just feeling a little bit bored, it's that time of the year where you just got to kind of put your head down and keep on going with work, perhaps with school, whatever it is that you have going on in your lives. It is an absolute privilege to know that you are listening to this podcast, that you are on this real adventure and this real mission with us of rebuilding culture, of uh, bringing beauty back into the forefront of our lives. That's really what Love Good is all about, media, culture, and the art of being human. This is going to be a really special episode. We've got Tom Young coming on a little bit later. He's a brilliant singer-songwriter with several really, really impressive singles out on iTunes right now. This guy at one point was almost signed to Atlantic Records right out of high school. He's somebody who is mentored by the likes of people like Dave Barnes and Matt Wirtz. And he just has a real sense of his calling as an artist to captivate people first and then explain later. Again, this art of being human. He has a way of bringing that into especially his lyricism, uh, but knowing that, in fact, captivating people is the most important thing so that they can just simply ask the right questions after the fact of what it really means to love and what it really means to find happiness. And we talk a lot about really not giving up who you are as an artist in order to just make it in the industry. The guy is a full on talent with a heart of gold. And uh, it's going to be a real privilege to have him on the air. And beforehand, as always, I sit down with Janae Trudell. We talk about boredom as a cause or even as a gateway into wonder, into wonder and awe. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This is going to be one of the best episodes yet. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Listening to Enola's Wake by Kevin Hyder off of his double disc masterpiece, The Spark, available exclusively on iTunes and lovegoodculture.com. 
Well, here we are, as always, back in the Love Good studio. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell, sitting down with my trusted co-host, Janae Trudeau. Hello, hello. Good to be back, as always. Yeah, it is always good to have you back, Janae. <laughs> I mean, what most people probably don't realize is that we do spend a lot of time as a team together every single week. I mean, at least a few times a day, we're mm-hmm. kind of like working on top of each other, and we're praying together, and we're going out for meals together or drinks together. And there's just this kind of ongoing conversation about media and about culture and the little part that we hope we are playing in world history, you Mm -hmm. know, in in the history, especially of Western civilization, as we seek to remind people what it really means to be human. And obviously we're doing that with music, books and art. We're doing that with, I I hope, what is increasingly um, becoming a a very uh, easy to engage with social media platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're still doing it best with our lives. And that is why it is always such a joy to have you in because we get to chat a little bit more intentionally about life and really how you daily are striving to, to live what we call a way of life that we really think is the answer to just about all the world's problems. That, that in fact, <laughs> living lives mm-hmm. that lead with beauty, as mm-hmm. we call it, rooted in truth, with a real desire to, to be transformed and then to transform, there's just something really amazing and inspiring about that, even for me who gets to spend a lot of time with you. And I'm just grateful that this is a chance for the rest of the world to kind of catch a glimpse. Oh, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, only, um, yeah, just inspired over and over and over and convicted gently um yeah just by being around you guys and in this city and back home and all of that so um yeah it's such an honor such an honor thanks so much yeah so i kind of thought i would steer our conversation in a very specific direction this episode and this is a quote that blew (laughs) my mind this morning over breakfast it's by carrie lloyd And it goes like this. Many obstacles exist to ensure we are never curious. Too many distractions, fear of others, fear of ourselves, fear of what boredom could make us find, fear of the unknown, fear of wonder's vulnerability and all that creativity brings, fear of not being great discoverers, fear of failing to even our own imagination. Fear of being authentic and being placed in the spotlight. Who knows? You could fall over your own brilliance for being great requires responsibility. Hmm. She goes on to write that wonderment isn't just for the artist. It's a necessity for any human that wants freedom. Hmm. The line that really stood out to me, because it's probably one of the words I haven't really heard in a conversation about beauty and wonder and creativity and awe and media and culture, is the word boredom. Hmm. But I always think of boredom in connection to idleness. I always think of boredom in the way that it it is sort of something worth avoiding. I mean, yes, my personality cannot handle being bored. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, there's probably a reason that I've naturally slowed down a lot of my personal output on social media. There's probably a reason that I'm finding myself more and more interested in late night conversations, late night reading of books than even going on to town like I used to constantly want to do to to check out a new restaurant or to check out a new band. And of course, all of that's good. All of that is good. And it's really important to be engaged. And I'm finding increasingly, though, that 
it's actually boredom that leads to real leisure. Mm-hmm. And it's boredom that leads to real um, intentional living. And I suppose I had never really put that together until recently because hmm. I would just always busy myself otherwise. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's more of a, a stepping stone, I guess. Like if it's um, desired and pursued for, for its own sake is, yeah, kind of a dead end. That's a right. Bit. And even Carrie says that we're, we're afraid of what boredom might lead to. Right. The right? questions. And even like entering into a bored moment that freaks me out used to Mm. but now i realize it could actually be the springboard for greatness or for creativity or for wonder Hmm. because basically it implies inactivity (laughs) it implies actually something a lot more like leisure yeah when i think about the moments in my life where um or when i fast forward to the best conversations the most meaningful you know even times of silence like with my own thoughts um, even the most, uh, comforting moments in, even in discomfort and pain in my life, um, came after kind of like walking through a desert <laughs> for a while. And that's not sweet until like the, the, the well is not, the water is not sweet and doesn't even nourish you unless you're, you've, you've walked through the emptiness for a little while. And it's not only about perspective and this weird, like, well, everything will seem better if it sucks for a while. <laughs> like, it's not really something to strive for, but it, it is often the way that life plays out is we're, we're meant to, we're like asked to just enter into a time. If, if it's a moment, even in conversation, you know how quick we are to um, fill the gaps if there's silence in conversation. And um, that's so uncomfortable. And I have so many friends who will go through kind of stages of... Um, yeah, complete silence. Like I'm talking like a minute or two on the phone sometimes of just like taking each other in and um, and in person with my like new new friends here that are so dear. Um, there's something, it's almost always fruitful in like one way or another. And it's not just about silence. But I think in a way I've never really considered before boredom and silence go hand in hand. It's sort of in the same category of patience and waiting and hope, all of those things that I, I really have a hard time with, mm-hmm. honestly, um, but that, it, in fact, expand my desires, mm. that increase my capacity, I would say, even for love and anticipation and ultimately fulfillment. I think you're absolutely right that boredom isn't something to pursue, right? I, I literally avoid it at all costs because mm-hmm. it freaks me out. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder what it looks like to, uh, to embrace those moments of boredom and, and to allow something beautiful to come out of them. You know, sometimes if I'm not enjoying a conversation with somebody over the phone mm-hmm. or I'm out to coffee with somebody and I'm meeting them for the first time. I mean, there's so many. I'm always looking for an exit strategy, even in conversations. Mm. I'm always wanting to make sure that I can kind of move on to the next thing. I mean, just this morning I was invited out to breakfast with a really good friend of mine and his parents. And for some reason, I thought I just had too much going on today to be able to set aside an hour and a half for what actually ended up being awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was initially really hesitant. And then eventually was like, sorry for being stupid. Yes, I'll come out to breakfast with you guys. Like, why would I ever trade an opportunity for encounter 
with desk work mm. and preparing for a busy day at work. And I know that's like not exactly possible for all people who have like nine to five jobs out there, you know. Yeah, of course. But one of the joys of being an entrepreneur, being an artist, is that there's a certain freedom in being able to move from one part of your day to the next. And uh, I just wish I wasn't so caught up in efficiency and being useful and productive and would embrace boredom more often knowing that it leads to leisure, that it leads to wonder, that it leads to all these other things that are actually far closer to the really real, as we talked about right. a few weeks ago, and what it really means to be human. Hmm. Yeah, I think in my own life, I... Um, I have so often, and I, I am actually more naturally drawn to silence. Like, I'm more comfortable with silence. I've been like that since I was little. Um, but it also has, it goes maybe in an opposite direction where maybe, like, you would be, like, a little bit more, like, of the productivity, like, efficiency hook. It would be kind of, like, laziness for me. <laughs> and that's just, like, part of my personality that I'm always, always fighting against. Um, so... But I've definitely had had times where it just it becomes uncomfortable, um, even interiorly that all of a sudden, like if I'm quiet for a second, then I have to deal with like all this stuff or I have to work some stuff out in my head and um, or I have to even even more terrifying. I have to dream big and I have to hope like that's sometimes more terrifying for me. Um, but yeah, I think especially in this in this age where I kind of skipped my child like my childhood I did not have a phone. I didn't get it till after I graduated high school. So that wasn't really a, a so ingrained in my in my upbringing, but it definitely has become a big part of my life and a big escape and uh um yeah. Yeah, just as just as many times as I like encounter really beautiful things through like contact with friends or little like beautiful posts I just yeah I use it for like for a way out kind of an exit sign I was at a hospital once just in a waiting room kind of taking a friend for just like a really minor thing and so I was sitting there for a while um and uh I was in the waiting room and there were like chairs facing one another and almost so close that your knees were touching like I'm talking like really it's really tight in there. So I sat down and I just like, we're too, we're sitting too close to each other. Like I can't take out my phone. It's just like too weird <laughs> to me at least. And uh, so I just sat there in silence and kind of like, I didn't like look at people in the eyes, but was just like peacefully kind of like sitting there and immediately everyone took out their phones and I was the only one within seconds of sitting down because um, it was so tense. And so I just stayed, I just stayed the way I was and eventually someone I knew this old man from Bruno Saskatchewan named Eddie <laughs> for anyone's listening back home you'll know Eddie and he came walking in and he was visiting his sister and he walked in with a bunch of cake because it was her birthday and within moments if I had been on my phone I wouldn't he would have walked right past me um, but I wasn't and I looked and I saw him and eventually he had to wait for a while and he ended up sitting with us and he's so he's so friendly that it got everyone else off their phones. And within like five minutes, we were all eating cake together, <laughs> like me and Eddie and this bunch of strangers at the hospital waiting room. So um, that's just like a little example I thought of of um, for fear of having to enter into like moments of vulnerability and intimacy and and hope and and fear and weakness. Um, we miss out on. Like, I mean, that's just a little fraction of like the glories that we miss out on and the inspirations. Um, maybe particularly as an artist, I'm like, whoa, 
I suck at waiting in the in-between um, because that's when, like, the, the that paired with discipline and setting aside time, of course. But, like, that's where the magic happens is in that kind of uncomfortable pin drop sort of moments of, uh, of quiet in your heart and, and everywhere else. So I find that to be even true in a lot of my work with young people, whether that's a summer camp or a, a weekend conference somewhere, almost always the most powerful and profound encounters or exchanges happen in between before and after, not from a stage, not in a, a super programmed moment, but in the in-between when actually people are a bit bored mm-hmm. and there's an opportunity to love them, to engage them, to uh, allow their mystery to unfold in conversation. So, well, this is really good. I think the the, the, the moral of this story is uh, don't be afraid of boredom as I often am. and uh, And when it comes know what to do with it, right? That boredom can, in fact, be this gateway into uh, encounter, this gateway into awestruck wonder, this gateway into the mysteries of life that most of us, if you're anything like me, distract yourself from uh, and and behind a screen and uh, doing everything else. So, Janae, as always, it's an absolute joy. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next time. I've Got Time by Tom Young, a single exclusively available on iTunes. Tom is, in fact, a really good friend and in the studio as I speak. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing well, Jimmy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really pumped that you're on. In fact, it's been a little while since we've properly caught up. We've got at least a full cup of coffee in both of us at this point. There's no telling where this conversation is going to go, but there's a lot of folks who at this point probably haven't heard of you, right? Mm -hmm. They would maybe possibly know some of the artists that you're friends with. They would kind of have some sense of the creative community here in Nashville. But what in the world got you from Apex, North Carolina, where we first met four (laughs) years ago, to Music City, USA? That's a good question. Um, A lot of persuasion by my friends. (laughs) I reluctantly gave in eventually. Um, Now, Nashville honestly wasn't on my radar, even though I'd been pretty heavily involved with music. really from the time I was in my late teens um, through when I moved here, which I guess I was I just turned 25, 24 or so. Um, I won't say how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough gray hair to fool people, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of living the, not the status quo, but I'd, you know, fallen to some, some full-time jobs, which I enjoyed, and, 
you know, from North Carolina originally. I'd bounced um, around a little bit after high school uh, playing music and um, tr- kind of finding my way more or less. And, and uh, eventually, I think it was in Apex, just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, when we met. And not soon after, I made the, the leap over here to Nashville, which has been great. You know, one of the things that's always floored me about you, Tom, is every time I've heard a new single, every time I've heard a new song from you, it's always mind-blowingly good. And then I can't <laughs> figure out, like, why isn't everybody listening to this? You know, like, you, I want you have... the same thing. I don't know what's wrong with people, but, you, you know, I think I just ask myself that question every day. Well, Maybe it's... we're the only sane people out there. I, I think know. so. Well, you're always even sneaking up on me with all this incredible new content. I'm like, <laughs> man, he's just tireless. Like, you've got a bottomless will. And I'm assuming that, in fact, that was not necessarily uh, by by random circumstance, right, mm-hmm. that you have now, you know, made the move to Nashville four years later. You're songwriting. You've got some really cool mentors. I mean, mm-hmm. some fairly big-name people, actually, who yeah. love you and who love your music. Uh, you're welcome to mention those. You're welcome. <laughs> you don't have to either. But, you know, it's like there's people who believe in you. And so you're you're kind of right now in an exciting spot where the music is there, the spark is there, and, like, frankly, from my limited perspective... Uh, it wouldn't take much for all that to suddenly go ablaze in all the right ways, right? So where did this start for you? When did you first start writing especially? Mm. It's one thing to have a great voice, to be a great guitarist, but to also be the brilliant songwriter that you are, that's Thank not you. normal, you know? Well, I appreciate all all those very kind words. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, music's in my blood on both sides. Um, yeah, I think the the love for writing probably comes from my mom's my mom's side as far as I know, but it's always been ever since I picked up a guitar, um, kind of what I was more drawn to. Um and I guess as like a a, a teen full of angst, you know, <laughs> it was kind of a great way to, to get all those feelings. Plenty of content to work uh, with. Oh yeah. yeah. Con- I think I think to be honest with you, the reason I picked up a guitar was this beautiful 510 redhead uh, <laughs> it it was is. a sophomore when I was a freshman but no it's I just I just always loved writing writing mm. was always kind of the first thing that <clears throat> came to mind when I picked up guitar and then started learning piano and other instruments it's it's always what naturally it just kind of comes out of me it's interesting because you're obviously far out of your teenage angst years yeah. of life and yeah. so you're still writing brilliant music mm-hmm. what's, what's your excuse now like what is that inspires that that's a good question it i've talked to uh, or i should say uh i think for me as i've gotten older it's been less about heartbreak and about what girl um i'm chasing or who recently decided that you know i wasn't the one for her <laughs> uh Two is probably moved to more towards just just the journey of being a human being in our our world today, which isn't always the simplest. And those universal pain points, those universal joys, those universal human experiences. I mean, it's one of the things that artists do. They they give the rest of us the words, the language. Mm to more deeply experience life or to, to drink it in more mm-hmm. deeply. I'm curious, what was the journey like out of high school? Obviously, you got past the point of winning over the redhead and <laughs> well into college, and it sounds like even uh, early in your 20s, you were in a band at one point, and, yeah. and, and music was obviously becoming quite front and center at one point. Yeah, I didn't take the traditional route, that's for sure. Um, I went to college for one year at Belmont Abbey College. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in Charlotte, and... Uh, no offense to anyone at Belmont Abbey, but 
it might have been the most boring experience of my life. <laughs> I was not for me. I was like going to a fifth year high school, it was like boarding school or something. But my brother went there. He loved it. So you know, it's it's it just wasn't for me. So I actually had the opportunity to go to Florida and basically record with these guys that I knew from back home. Like when I was a kid, they lived in North Carolina. They had moved to Florida and. And I'd heard like throughout the years, like these guys are really good. Like, you know, they're younger than I was. They were like 16 and like 18 at the time, maybe. I was like 19. Um, and they sent me like these demos, like these garage demos of them just like wailing on their electric guitars. Like, but they had no singer. They were like these five minute long, like musical tracks that went nowhere. And so huh. I basically was like, well, let me see if I can write some lyrics and melody to this, this crazy convoluted anyway this just ongoing track so <clears throat> we did that and we ended up working with these producers out of orlando and it actually went really well we recorded two songs and within like two weeks we were on tampa's new rock station like wow. in in you know on air and uh so i moved down to florida dropped out of school um and we recorded some other stuff we started playing and literally less than a year from the time we recorded this demo we were emailing back and forth with Atlantic Records um, other labels coming to see us play so it had gotten pretty serious pretty quickly and I'm 19 I'm the oldest one in the band so we just imagine like these kids are still in high school I'm just out of high school after my first year of college and um, yeah just kind of this whirlwind experience um, but it, it quickly dawned on me that that was uh, in a lifestyle maybe that wasn't for me. Um, it was it was a lot of things. It was a lot of fun. I grew up pretty quickly, learned the business pretty quickly, which is pretty cutthroat. Um, but also saw like what some of these bands and artists go through to get where they are. Sometimes, obviously, they don't. Most of the time, they don't get to where they want to go. And um, I just saw like the exhaustion that comes with touring in a van four other people, five other people, you know, unpacking bars every night. And so it was an eye opener for me. And I made the decision to come back to North Carolina. And, um, I met, um, shortly after that, a good friend of mine now named Ike Indolo. Ike is, uh, a musician. Um, he plays, you know, tours all over the country, over the world, playing different events. And he was, he became a really good friend and, and that was kind of the first time that I saw somebody kind of doing music on their own, making their own path, and not kind of giving up who they were to get there. And and that was the beginning of really kind of my journey that eventually got me to Nashville. It was the planted the seed, so to speak. Um, but it was it was an interesting journey. I know everyone has their own journey, but I like to say I didn't take the traditional path, you know, to kind of get where. I was going, and um, there was a lot of um, a lot of kind of intense experiences combined with moments of tiny moments of clarity, you know, provided by either people or you know divine intervention that made some pretty critical moves for me.
What a pleasure as always to have Jessamine Anderson in the studio to give us maybe even more practical tips on how we can build a better culture. How are you doing, Jessamine? I'm doing very well. How are you, Jimmy? Yeah, really good. So what do you got for us this week? Well, I wanted to tell you actually something a little personal. I have felt like this year I have just been so bogged down by trying to connect with people on social media in both with Lovegood, which has been beautiful to like build these relationships, but I'm just learning the importance of really and truly being with people. Like sitting down with you in the office is better than a phone call. And sitting down with my friends to get a cup of coffee is more important than texting them or sending them a Facebook message. And so we at Lovegood have been kind of diving into our relationships with our patrons and with our followers and social media, with our podcast listeners. And we're so excited that for the month of February, we are going to be traveling around Um, And getting to interact with people at our fireside events that are in multiple cities during the month of February. And we're just increasingly aware of how important it is to be with people, to be present with people. And that's the best way to build strong relationships. And strong relationships are the foundation of a better culture. It's really cool. And I think a lot of times we forget how powerful just the face-to-face encounter is, the shoulder-to-shoulder accompaniment. And obviously, we get to do that day in and day out, both within our work with Love Good and young people and artists, patrons, apprentices. It's so exciting that we have this tour coming up in the next few weeks. But also, we've just got a lot of opportunity in our day-to-day lives with family, with friends, with the gal who Mm -hmm. checks us out at the coffee shop (laughs) or the grocery store to, to look people in the eyes. Because there is something so powerful, isn't there? about being seen yes, and about sharing life with people in the concrete circumstances, not just behind a screen, but in real living flesh and blood. So, mm-hmm. and thanks for that tip this week, Jessamine. Uh, just remind me real quickly, these firesides are hitting all over the Southeast this month, slowly expanding to the Midwest and beyond, I think later this spring. Yes. But what if somebody was interested in bringing this event into their own living room? Well, our firesides are a really beautiful, intentional evening with um, personal invitations from our patrons to friends and family. And it's an evening uh, that'll include a love good artist, uh, an apprentice, and I'll be there as well. And we'll be having an intentional evening of live music, a cultural discussion, and an invitation to become a part of the love good movement. So if you are excited already and want to bring us to your city, which you should be because these are awesome, you can go to our website, lovegoodculture.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom. You'll see our list of tour dates and a a place for you to book us now. It's awesome, Jessamine, as always. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week, Jimmy. It really is amazing, Tom, to see how that journey has unfolded and that even people like Ike Nadolo, Matt Wirtz, Dave Barnes have been a part of you seeing what it looks like to pursue music and to be an artist without compromise Mm, mm -hmm. to who you are and to your identity, perhaps to your morality, your faith, your ideals. It really is amazing to be in a town like Nashville where there is a cadre of artists and creatives and singer-songwriters who are completely authentically themselves and yet doing incredibly artful things with their careers. So obviously, even in the last few years, you've been able to slowly put out some incredible new music. Um, I know not yet in the form of a full-length album or even necessarily an EP, but tell us a little bit about the last few singles that you put out. And uh, we're kind of catching a glimpse of them here in this podcast today, but man, they're they're awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so I worked with, um, who's now become a good friend, Andy Hunt. He's a producer, mixing engineer, has been in here in Nashville for quite a while. Uh, he's been 
more than a producer and a friend, he just kind of kind of put his arm around me and made sure I was taken care of. But I worked on on <clears throat> the two songs here today. I, I've got time, hole in my heart, and then another third one, counting up my sins. They've been kind of a. It's been a long. Honestly, it's about about a two year process to get all three of those done. Um, for those of you out there wondering why maybe some of your artists don't put out more songs, it's because it's pretty expensive to do that. <laughs> to do it right. <laughs> to anyways. do it right. Yeah. To do it right. So, um, but yeah, so these songs were um, kind of all born out of something different. I've Got Time was a song that my buddy, um, really one of my best friends, Greg Herndon, and I wrote back in his his house during a tornado warning in North Carolina. <laughs> uh, and... Um, you know, I think all three of these songs are kind of in that vein of um, they're they're fun, they're upbeat. Uh, maybe not holding my heart as much, but they're the lyric, the lyrical content, and the theme, and the context is is a little more. Um, you can kind of make it what you want. If you listen to it, kind of at surface level, you can kind of get by and just it's fun. But if you you take it time, you take the time to kind of listen to. Uh, maybe the deeper message of it. Um, you know, there are definitely things that I'm proud of. So it's funny because bef- right before we started this, Jimmy and I were talking about uh, G.K. Chesterton and how I didn't, I couldn't stand him because he always would go on these like <laughs> whims of like these like subtle undertones of context. And he was kind of like, if you can follow me with what I'm saying, great. But if not, you too know, bad. too bad to like <laughs> put the book down. And so as I realized that I kind of, <laughs> do the same thing a little bit with my writing, which is um, I'll kind of mask. I don't know that this is necessarily intentional, but I, I kind of mask the um, maybe the seriousness of my lyrics with some upbeat, uh, you know, tracks. And and I think where that really comes from at the end of the day is it's hard for me to write something that isn't meaningful to me. Mm. So whether it's an upbeat song or like a clearly, a, you know, kind of a more mellow mellow track um when i set out to write lyrics it's really hard for me not to make them meaningful it's really good and i think a lot of our patrons a lot of our listeners a lot of people who are following love good um appreciate exactly what you're describing which is which is sort of a a way of captivating people first whether that's the the hook of your choruses or the the quality of your musicianship um, and then, and only then, allowing the depth mm. of what you are bringing to the table to yeah. to have its impact. Yeah. You know, it's sort of captivate first and explain later. So I I find that to be incredibly compelling, um, and uh, and again, kind of artful and cool. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm sure in your own life, there's been a lot of influences. So before yeah. we wrap up, let's just kind of hear what what are the artists that you've been listening to your entire life long mm-hmm. that you to this day still love? What are the the books that you've perhaps read, even uh, movies that you've seen that have really inspired your own creativity? I, feel, <laughs> I can kind of go back to uh, again that that teenager with full of angst, listening to like um, Three Days Grace and Breaking Benjamin, like all these rock and roll bands um because of the raw emotion that was kind of in that that style and that genre and that writing style and then i got introduced to this you know complexing figure named john mayer who is uh i I love i hate hate loving him i love hating him i don't know he's he's incredibly talented i know he's had a a lot of he's had a huge influence on a lot of people who write I, i think 
whether you agree with his personal decisions in life. Um, he's a very honest writer and, and obviously incredibly talented. Um, John Foreman was a huge in, influence on me. I think what John Foreman helped me realize is that if you're a Christian or you have any sort of like Christian context to your songwriting, it doesn't have to be praise and worship. And mm-hmm. I was like, thank God. Okay, I'm not the only one who like who feels this way because he's just had this incredible ability to be a, just a beautiful composer. And then on top of that, he could just write these lyrics and tell these stories that were so relatable, but also so interesting. It's just like it would help you maybe look at things in a different way or, or you view certain struggles or whatever in life and, in a unique way. That's awesome. Well, Tom, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show today. And in fact, before we close out, what's the best way for people to be buying your music, reaching out if they want to be mm-hmm. booking you for house concerts, bigger events, all the way up to, I'm sure, plenty of the conferences that you've been playing. Yeah. Um, how can people stay in touch with you? So you can go to my website, tomyoungmusic.net. The .com was already taken. So, how do you get... <laughs> so tomyoungmusic.net. That'll have um, my music, some exclusive tracks on there, and then that'll they'll take you to Instagram, email, iTunes, all that stuff. Well, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. I cannot wait to dream a little bit more with you in the months ahead about how we can be collaborating and moving forward together towards really building a better culture. As always, I uh, look forward to doing this again sometime. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That'll never be enough to stand beside you. Raise my eyes to what's ahead. Knowing there's a truth that I can't run to every time. You're listening to Hole in My Heart from Tom Young, one of his few singles on iTunes right now. What an amazing talent. What a gift of a friend he is. And what a joy to listen to his heart, to hear some of the stories behind his songs, and to really see yet another one of these artists who knows how to ride the line of being deeply faithful and yet quite engaging uh, in a very universal way. So it's been an absolute privilege to have you listening to the episode today with Tom Young. This is the point in every show where we take a listener, Colin, and today we're going to hear from Ben Claiborne, a Belmont University student right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, my name is Ben Claiborne, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. And my question is, where do y'all see a line in entertainment or in the media where it can start to make you stray from a good path? Or is it more of a gray area that depends on who you are and how you take certain things? That's a really good question, Ben. So if I understand it correctly, you know, where do we draw this line, you know, between entertainment 
that actually can be restorative, that can be good for the soul, even predispose us, you might say, to virtue. And then entertainment, that's actually nothing more than amusement. You could even call it mindless amusement. Uh, Certainly uh, the kind of entertainment that would even predispose the soul to vice, that would make it harder to live the good life, as someone like Aristotle might put it. It's a really great question. I I wonder if to certain extents it depends on the person, but I I do think that what might come in handy for you, Ben, as it has been a, a huge thing for me, is to have the love good standard by your side. You know, is what I am consuming right now, whether that's a movie, whether that's music, whether that's the book I'm reading, the magazine that I've just picked up, the social media that I'm engaged with, is what I am intaking right now and consuming. Is it true? Is it good? And is it beautiful? You know, in in the words of, of the Love Good Standard, is it in fact leading with beauty in a way that's rooted in truth and that ultimately transforms me for the better, that helps me love what is good so that I can then become what I love. And I do think that there are some universal principles at work here. We often think that beauty, for example, is in the eyes of the beholder, but that's not true, that there is, in fact, something objective about beauty. And if it's not rooted in truth, it can be really dangerous and it can lead us astray. And so more and more, we're beginning to release different playlists, uh, different recommendations at lovegoodculture.com for you, Ben, and for anybody who wants to track with us some really incredible incredible media recommendations that we are certainly enjoying ourselves, that we really believe satisfy those standards of truth and beauty and goodness and ultimately transformation. As always, you can call in, leave us a simple audio recording or voice memo by email at content at lovegoodculture.com. We're eager to hear from you. We've got a lot of incredible events coming up actually all over the Southeast and actually towards the end of the month all over Europe as well. So go check out lovegoodculture.com for that. Next week, we have a very special guest in the studio, Jenny and Tyler, a husband-wife duo, really incredible singer-songwriters who are also richly talented artists. They've actually been exclusively distributed by Love Good in the past, and they have become really good friends ever since. And we talk a lot about the gift and the reality of home. What does it really mean uh, to be at home, especially in this world that we actually know, in this life that we actually know is temporary, uh, to long even for that heavenly homeland that we're all destined for. So it's a really rich conversation with one of my favorite couples in all of Nashville, Tennessee. As always, y'all, we look forward to seeing you next week. Hope you're having an incredible, incredible start uh, to February. Know that we're praying for you here at Love Good, and we'll see you next time around. Thank you for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media. And be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. Massive thanks to all of our patrons who make this podcast possible. As they stand on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else, our patrons raise media to a higher standard and help young people and artists turn that standard into a way of life. Join the movement today that will give you hope for tomorrow. Become a patron now at lovegoodculture.com.